Welcome to Talking Giants, presented by SeatGeek. I'm your host, Bobby Skinner, here with my co-host, Justin Pennick. And we've got ourselves a Giants 49ers preview. we got Thursday Night Football, uh, first time on Amazon Prime, so that'll be an interesting experience, Justin. And the Giants' two best offensive players are out with Andrew Thomas and Saquon Barkley. And, oh, guess what? We are facing maybe maybe the best team in the NFC that has all pros all across the roster. Um I hope you enjoyed this Cardinals win because this is going to be a tough one for the Giants. Yeah, what a what a cruel world we live in, right? Um, you know, we're gonna have one of the best comebacks in the you know, in the Super Bowl era. Uh, and then just a couple days later, you're you know, a good chance that the Giants are gonna get a cool uh, cool shock of reality against the San Francisco 49ers. Uh hi Bobby Skinner. This is uh I'm considering this my 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 Jordan flu game. Um been running a fever the last two days. Uh, that Brian Dable video certainly took a lot out of me, but it's been pretty cool to get the uh, the recognition for it. So that was so that was pretty cool. Um, yeah, man, uh, 49ers team is tough. We're going to talk about it. Yeah, and they, again, they have all pros across the board, right? Um, and they've got a quarterback who kind of operates the offense the way one of the best coaches in the game, Kyle Shanahan, exactly how he wants it. And you look at since he's joined the lineup, they haven't lost the game. And you look at his raw stats. I know, you know, it's more than raw stats, but it's some of the best numbers to an NFL career, a starting career ever. I mean, what has there been nine games that he started? Seven of them have been thirty points or more. The Giants have scored thirty points or more in two games since twenty nineteen. Yeah, they're averaging thirty points per game. So we'll get into all of it first. This episode was brought to you by some special people. These people are Justin. They are. We got. Uh, Richard Hampson from the Hamptons, John R, and the R stands for returning listener, Calvin Tejich, and then Jay Garcia. Yeah, I'm gonna say something. This guy's last name is Garcia, but he he like sounded it out. That makes me want to pronounce your name wrong. I know how to pronounce Garcia, Jay. Billy Don, he's the Don. John Alley, the Don in the Alley. Motiz Chile. Alexandre LePage, Kareem Kazwani, Carson Bunn, Troy Tassone, Eric Sackle. He's got a satchel. Troy Tassone, he's got a Pazone. Eric, uh, Lucas Waderka, James Delory from the DeLorean, Stephen Martimucci, reminds me of Steve Mariucci, Joshua were, man, we got some freaking last names. I don't know mm. what, what something about winning. Sally P16. Not P15, P16, Andrew Smith. I thank you. Thank you, Andrew, for having the most boring name ever. And just Derek, regular old Derek. Justin, who are these people? 
Patreon.com slash Talking Giants. You can go to that site, $2 a month plus some other tiers. Hang out with us live while we record the shows. Uh, most likely, we're going to be sad on Thursday night. It'll be early Friday morning by the time that we record. Patreon.com slash Talking Giants. There's a lot of benefits. There's a lot of perks. Uh, Bobby Skinner, before we actually get to the 49ers preview, we didn't actually talk about this. You didn't, you didn't actually, like, you, you didn't you didn't give, like, any opinion when we were talking about, like, the video or anything. Um, also, didn't congratulate me for being on WFAN. You just complained that Tiki Barber gave me credit for a film review that you did. Um, what do you actually think happened? Like, do you think Dable was calling the plays or, or not? Because it's a hot topic in the streets. I don't. I think okay. he might have been a little more involved in, like, hey, spitting out some plays to Kafka, and but, but actually calling the plays, no, I don't. I mean, Duggan yes. and Charlotte Carroll did a nice article on it. That's what I was going to reference, yeah. Um, and I, 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 I mean, that's a huge, like, that's not, that's a huge thing to take that, just strip that role from Kafka. But also um, the game and- is moving so fast. How are you, I don't know how, like, Dable is communicating what he wants for a current play or for the next play while the current play is happening and before you see the result of a play. So, like, I mean, that is a lot of communication that's happening. All right, well, if we get three yards on a second and seven, if we get seven yards to make it second and three, this is what I want, this is what I want, this is what I'm thinking. That's a lot of communication to be happening before you even know the result of something while you're also watching the results. That's a lot. Yeah, so. I, I don't. I don't think they will at halftime decided. Hey, I'm I'm taking away the the. the no, he was doing it the whole game. game. It wasn't just the second half. He was doing yes. he, whatever he was doing. He was doing the whole game. No, so I don't. I don't think he was calling plays. All right, so let's get into this 49ers team, Justin, and it all starts on offense for the 49ers with their run game, right? I mean, uh, Christian McCaffrey is leading the NFL in rushing. He's averaging six point four yards per carry. Um, they're averaging 173 yards per game and and number and not much uh, a contribution from the quarterback and number one in the NFL in an efficiency standing standpoint. Obviously, we all know how good of a back Christian McCaffrey is. Um, and their offensive line is not great, right? And we'll talk about that in the pass offense too, besides Trent Williams. Like left guard through right tackle aren't, aren't good, very good for them. But what they do is one, Chris McCaffrey's awesome at influencing linebackers, and when they play their zone, that's what allows backs to influence those linebackers and cut off of them. And Kyle Juszczyk and George Kittle on the edges, their wide receivers are a huge part of their blocking. I mean, Justin, they have an all-pro left tackle, two stud wide receivers, an all-pro tight end, halfback, and fullback, and every single one of those guys listed contributes a lot in both the pass and the run. Like, their wide receivers are a huge part of their run game, and honestly, their their run game has been a little boomer bust the first couple of games of the season, and a big part of that is wide receivers blocking down the field because they have had given up some negative runs, but they've been able to pop those big ones. Yeah, I think even last week, Bobby, did McCaffrey? Ha- I think he had like twenty attempts, but maybe only three or four of them went for five or more yards. Uh, but here's my main concern about this Giants defense heading into this game: they're a team that's still blitzing at above at a, at an above average rate. I don't really feel like they are like, I don't feel like Wink Martindale has really gotten in his bag with these blitzes this year. But according to the numbers, the giants are still a team that blitzes and above at an above average rate. They have no sacks on the year. They are getting pressures at a below average rate, despite having a above average blitz rate. 
And Brock Purdy is one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL from throwing from a clean pocket. That's my big worry. Yeah, I mean, I, I, uh, I wanted to talk a little bit more, more about the run game, obviously. Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, Chris, I think we're going to allow a lot of big runs too, like Christian McCaffrey and. Well, here's the thing: Mike McFadden played really bad. Yeah, they traded for Isaiah Simmons. They want to play Isaiah Simmons. I'm kind of expecting Mike Mc, and he's dealing with a neck injury, anyways. But there's Papa hinted at it a little bit. I think McFadden's going to the bench because he was very, very bad. And it's, and again, I'm not expecting Isaiah Simmons to come in and be some great linebacker because he hasn't been that in his NFL career. But I think they're like, hey, at least this guy's athleticism isn't going to stop us from plays. Where McFadden like did some good things but couldn't finish because he didn't have the athletic ability or strength to finish those plays off where he was, you know, he missed four tackles in this past game. Um, that being said, I, I'm not super pumped about having Isaiah Simmons in the lineup either because he's kind of he's he misses tackles a lot too, right? More so in the open field than with you know like like Michael McFadden did. Um, but there's there's going to be issues and and this is a game, Justin, offensively or defensively for the Giants, and this can lead into the passing game. Dexter Lawrence, Wing, Leonard Williams, and Kayvon Thibodeau. I don't give a shit what happened these first two games of the season. If the Giants have any chance, they need to dominate up front. Like even Dexter Lawrence needs to step. Who's been playing good has been has to step up. They have Trent Williams, left guard to right tackle is bad, right? They like if you talk to a 49ers fan, that's their worry about this 49ers team is left guard yeah. through right tackle has been very bad for them. So like for the Giants to win this game or or get to get it close or stay in this game, Dex can't just be good. Dex has to dominate them up front and be chaotic. Right, Leonard Williams has to be really good. Kayvon Thibodeau, you have to win when you're facing in the right tackle. And Wink Martindale, we talk about, oh, what's Kayvon being asked to do? Ask him to rush the passer because that's what he was drafted fifth overall to do. Ask him to rush the passer. That needs to be the responsibility for Kayvon Thibodeau to get front. We have zero sacks. So maybe change his responsibility to rushing the passer. That being said, as bad as left guard to right tackle is for them, they scheme around it. And Kyle Chushek, the all-pro fullback every year, he helps them a lot in that, man. Like, he is really helps in their pass protection. And obviously, in the run game, they get out on the edges. And they keep, they like to run two tight end sets, right? And those tight ends stay in and help and block. And, and Kittle's obviously a great blocker. Um, but for if you're the Giants, it's like we, we have to dominate up front to create negative runs and get them the third down. Because they're middle of the road, third down. And Brock Purdy is not going to be great throwing the ball down the field outside the numbers, right? So you got to put pressure on them and create negative plays because you're not going to beat them down in, down out. You have to create negative plays to get them on third down, and also hope that the it it finally bursts with Purdy and you get some turnovers and some of these bad throws that Purdy has, you make them pay for because Purdy is nine for ten this season uh, between ten and twenty yards, 158 yards, super efficient over there. But he's one for five on twenty plus yard throws and only for 31 yards. Yeah, had he some misses. bad misses last week. He misses on these deep outside throws, which kind of talks to the arm strength. So if you're Wink Martindale, man, you gotta you gotta come after them. Like this is a game where you got nothing to lose. So go after their ass and speed up the clock for Purdy. Because if if you're not consistently pressuring, what the 49ers do offensively is just too good, and they're gonna score 30 points on you. Yeah, and it's frustrating that I feel like this has happened 
a decent amount of times. Why has it felt like there's been some games where we're saying Blink, Wink Martindale should be aggressive here, Wink Martindale should be aggressive here, and he's not. Like we said it last week, how like against Josh Dobbs, bad quarterback, this is the game to really be aggressive and start to throw curveballs and dictate the the terms of the game. And the Giants weren't. And I felt like I f- just feel like certain games where, where the Giants defense should be dictating the terms of the game, at least schematically. Uh, they just haven't, um, and I certainly hope that that's not the case uh, to, you know, tomorrow night. And the thing that Kyle Shanahan does best more than any other coach in the NFL, Bob, because you were talking about interior linebacker, if they do choose to put Micah McFadden out there a lot, and even Isaiah Simmons. Isaiah Simmons isn't a very good ever, like down, every, every down linebacker. I think he's very good as a, as a weapon and as a versatile tool. Kyle Shanahan is very, very good at pinpointing the weak spot in a defense and especially attacking interior linebackers. Where are they? What are they doing? How can we expose them? And that is what he is going to do. And that is what he has done for years. And that's what makes him so great is that he can find the weak point, in your defense, and he exposes it. And I think for them in this game, they're going to be like, Hey, we're going to run the ball. Right. But oh, in yeah. the passing game, like they also have Brandon Ayuk, right. Who has 11 catches, 172 yards this year on a 78% catch rate. Um, who does well versus man coverage, and he just kind of dominates at the stem of the route, Justin. Um, with him individually, this is where we have the conversation with Adore in the slot. Do you kind of – and Adore has not looked – like there's been a lot of miscommunications and stuff. I think this is – you maybe consider, and especially this team, because they're going to put you in your base defense a lot more. You kind of just plan for Adore on the outside. And who's going to be in the slot? Cordell Flop. They don't put the slot. They don't. Who's who is like you know? Like they put Debo in there, and Ayuk will go in there in a little bit. Like, but ha, like, but well, I mean, if I'm Ayuk Kyle Shanahan, only, if I'm Kyle Shanahan, I'm licking my chops if Cordell Flop's in there because he will. But they like to get in those two tight end sets. You're going to be in your base a lot. Well, I mean, yeah, they, well, like they put not, the they put the fullback on the field. They're going to be in their base defense a lot. So. Really, it's kind of a, a. I guess it's not that important of a conversation because yeah, you only have corners out there. If, all if the they time, don't have, but. if they're not running out of eleven personnel, then put a Dory on the outside, and then Trey Hawkins can hey get a playoff. But when they're when they're running eleven personnel, or there's four wide receivers on the field, then then yeah, I, I think a Dory kind of just has to stay in the slot, even though he's not like a slot corner. But so. they, Ayuk kills at the stem, right? And because Purdy's not making those deep outside throws, like you kind of have to. One play, either play with inside leverage if you're a corner, or you got to give help. Like you kind of got to be looking the bracket over there because that's that's where Purdy likes to go. And then on the like their play action and stuff, they're Kyle Shanahan's going to throw a lot of smoke and mirrors at you, right? Like there was one play where they line up Christian McCaffrey by himself on the outside, they motion Debo app uh, to the to that side behind the line behind the back. They flood everything over there, and then Purdy's looking at it, pops back, hits, uh, hits, hits uh, George Kittle on a slant. So they're going to throw a lot at you, and you just kind of got to be keyed in, and that's why if there's any chance against this offense, I think it really comes from a simple game plan of like, get after, like blitz and play man coverage and give help where, where it's needed on Brandon Ayuk. Like, I, I really think it's a simple – it's a simple game plan because they what they do is they try and make it confusing for you. So when they do that, you get in man coverage, you blitz, and 
you got to communicate well when they're throwing rub routes and stuff at you. Because if you don't think Kyle Shanahan saw these first two weeks of film, then they're you know then you're crazy because they're gonna throw that stuff at you until you can start defending it. Yeah, easier said than done. <laughs> got to stop the run first, and there's just no confidence that they're going to be able to do that. You're muted. For the Giants' offense, you got no Andrew Thomas or Ben Bredesen declared out. Oh, also Aziz Ojolari is out for the Giants' defense. Yeah. Their pass rush is just lethal. You have the defensive player of the year, Nick Bosa. Through two games, they have six sacks, nine hits, and 41 pressures. That's 28 times they're affecting the quarterback per game. Per game. Their sack leader is their other edge in Jake Jackson with three. And then on the middle, you have Javon Hargrave and Eric Armstead. Both guys with all pro and, and award and, you know, pro bowls. And you, even Javon Kinlaw starting to produce. Cleveland Farrell has three QB hits for them. I mean, they have three defensive tackles in the top 20 in pass rush win rate. That being said, I'd rather face them than the Cowboys front. Because the way the Cowboys play is, hey, we're going to come after your ass. We're going to throw We're going to put Micah Parsons in the A-gap. We're going to stunt you to death. And the 49ers will do a little bit of that. But for the most part, they're disciplined in their rush. And I think that's where the Giants can maybe hold up like half a second more. Like not have a Dallas pressure game. Like have a game where you're pressured consistently, but not have a game where the the, the pass rush is just relentless and gives you no shot. Um, because the Giants up front are having like Mark, like I don't know why Marcus McKeithen has like this. Oh, he had a good game. He actually, to me, had a pretty bad game, but the Cardinals pass rush just sucked. Um, and he had a lot of mis- he had a lot of bad, you know, blitz and stunt pickup. They're going to go, but they're going to go after Neil. I mean, this is a game where uh, they're front. If you're a 49ers fan, you're licking your chops. If you're, a, oh, yeah. if you're the 40, like this, this front is just set to dominate. You have Josh Azuda at left, left guard. Mark Lewinsky's moving to left. Uh, JMS, JMS's first big test. I think this is a bigger test than facing Parsons in the A gap a few snaps in a game. Um, and then McKeithen and, and Neil on the right side. This is a game where this it could be it could be over it could be like week one again where it's just overwhelming down in down out. Bobby, before we keep going with the Giants' offense, I want to talk to you about SeatGeek because today's episode is sponsored by SeatGeek. If you don't know what SeatGeek is, what are you doing? They're a ticketing app that makes buying tickets super super simple with over twenty eight million downloads. SeatGeek is the number one. Rated ticketing app ever in the world. There are more than 70,000 events every single day on SeatGeek, including sports, concerts, festivals, and more. They always want to make sure that you're getting a good deal. So when you're on the app, look for the green dots. Green means good. Red means bad. Every ticket is backed by their buyer guarantee, and SeatGeek is the only site that lets you return your tickets ahead of the event with swaps. Love love me some swaps. We've got the hookup. Use code GIANTS for $20 off your first purchase at SeatGeek. That's $20 off your first purchase with promo code GIANTS. Click the link in the description to download the app. Bobby Skinner, you'll be glad you did. Um, the four, What makes the 49ers pass rush, I think, so impressive. We say the same thing about Dallas in, in a way, too, except I don't. I think there's – let me know if I'm wrong, Bobby. I think there's less smoke and mirrors with what the 49ers do compared to the Dallas Cowboys. I think the Cowboys are going to throw more at you. On the um, front, at least. Yeah, on the front, because they're dropping a lot of guys back into coverage. The 49ers have the seventh lowest blitz rate 
in the NFL, and they're known for dropping a lot of guys back into coverage, which, hey, you know, they have the front four to win. They have the front four to kind of dominate up front. So um, that so here I told you, I let you know what my concern was on the defensive side of the ball. You know, hey, how the Giants, you know, they don't get pressure on the quarterback despite blitzing a lot. My concern on the offensive side of the ball is that everything was predicated off of under center play action in the second half. Everything, everything in the second half, all the big explosive plays. Um, I don't know if Matt Breida is going to demand the same attention that Saquon Barkley would um, like in a, in a play action game. Right. I don't know if that is going to be the same effectiveness. Um, and also now that you put that on film, the 49ers are expecting it. However, there have been some issues execution wise. Like there were plays that the, that Daniel Jones and the Giants did leave on the table in the first half, even some of it coming out of the shotgun. So that's my worry. And that's my concern coming into this game under center play action, very heavily relying on that in the second half. Are you going to be able to replicate that against 49ers who drops a lot of guys back into coverage? Well, and this is where it's different than Dallas, where Dallas is like, Hey, we're going to rush the passer. And we're going to be a man coverage. So you're going to have like, you're going to have to beat our, you're going to beat our man coverage, right? Where the 49ers, where you have a little more of a chance is they play in two high coverages and they, they kind of keep stuff in front of them, right? And work, like, so you can work the quick game. You know, they give up a lot of yak, you know? So it's like, hey, get the slot guys involved. Get Isaiah Hodgins in the quick game. And the Giants now have Darren Waller. And, you know, some of the film that we went I went through when the Giants uh, traded for Waller was versus the 49ers and him winning versus these guys. So I think what you do is, like you said, get under sender and get in 12 personnel. Get in 12 personnel where Bellinger is helping blocking, obviously, correct? And then the running back is helping blocking. And you kind of use Waller as a slot, like as as this big as this big slot versus this team because, again, he's one versus Warner. He's one versus these corners. And the 49ers' corners aren't very good. And they're not very good in a defense that doesn't play aggressive. So it means kind of, you can take advantage of that quick game. If you watch Stafford, they were quick game, quick game, quick game. Everything was quick. And then Stafford made a couple big-time throws. Um, by the way, Stafford also running back also popped up an interception and then gave me flashbacks to the first two games of the season. Um, so it's like, they're not now they'll, they'll disguise stuff. It's not like the Cardinals where they live in too high and they're just aggressive out of it. They disguise stuff. They'll rotate late. Uh, how will go and and make plays. So it's like, you got to be on your, your P's and Q's to make sure to not get fooled post snap and you end up throwing a, a pick on a slant flat because the linebacker screaming over the top. Or you know, screaming underneath that, um, but it's, you're gonna have to work the quick game. You're gonna have to work yak, and then, like you said, get in twelve personnel and take your shots when you're there. Hyatt, there's no reason to not have some pre-planned stuff for Hyatt to get in, like get in under center, have seven guys blocking, maybe even eight, and take your shots, <laughs> or have him create space underneath for the Slaytons because you're that's you're gonna have to have some of those plays but i think it, the down the down in down out offense passing wise will have to be a lot of quick game all right so let me let me ask you this i know we're talking about the passing game um but it was very very sh- thought it was kind of strange how it's you know it's wednesday evening and i think this came out even wednesday afternoon like the official injury report came out and like after there was a chance that andrew thomas was going to play last week already already ruled out for thursday so andrew thomas out and then, you know, Saquon Barkley, after we were told, oh, he's a quick healer, 
we 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 pulled that bullshit again. Saquon Barkley's a quiddle, quick healer, superhuman, superhuman healer. He was already he was already ruled out. So that that's that smoke screen was gone. Um let's talk about the offensive line first. Left tackle, the right tackle, what's gonna be the Line and Ben Bredesen's out too. So left tackle, the right tackle. Who who's going to be playing? Who's going to be starting? It'll be like the the end of this last game. Azudu, Azudu, Kowinski, JMS, McKeith, and Neil, and they're going to okay. get beat. Yeah. The thing is, is like in a game like this, you'd kind of want to lean on the run a little bit, and I think you do. But they're going to create negatives, right? And you got no Saquon Barkley. Um, they haven't allowed a 70-yard rusher in 30 straight games, which is kind of a wild stack, especially for a team that kind of can live in some two high zones. Breida and, uh, and Brightwell are going to be the best. I, I, unless Eric Gray had this transformation overnight as a pass protector, I'm still firmly don't pit him on the field unless it's like a two snaps and you're handing the ball off. But you can't, you cannot have him as he will – he will cause turnovers and sacks if you put him on the field on more than a play, you know, a play here and there. Yeah. I also don't think he showed a, a ton as a runner in the preseason either. I mean, he showed some cuts now and then and he showed some power, but I I, I do feel a little bit better about Brightwell's ability to kind of hit the hole and you know, Matt Matt Breed's speed, Matt Breed of revenge game. Shout out. Uh I mean, anything anything else you got on this before we bring Danny King? Um, no, I mean, they got to create explosives, but it's going to be hard to create explosives. You want to, you want to maybe get a running game going because maybe they'll give you some light boxes, but the offense aligned is very suspect. And without Saquon Barkley, it gets a lot tougher. Hey, maybe Daniel Jones can, can create some explosives on the ground with his legs, whether that's designed or whether it's not designed. Um, no design QB runs on third down, please. Let's, let's stop that. Um, that's, that's it. It's going to be a. It's going to be a tough game, Bobby Skinner. Thursday Night Football, baby. I love it. All right, let's bring on Danny King. How cool would it be if we won, though? Fantastic. We bring Danny King on for weather and trivia. I wish Danny would have told me that it would be the biggest storm of, I guess, the week down here in Florida with lightning in the background. Danny, how are you doing? I'm doing good. I've just been so focused on San Francisco because the vibes are high. I can tell. I sense the energy from y'all. Great game coming tomorrow. Great game coming tomorrow night. It's actually going to be nice in San Francisco. I don't think I'll get this weather report wrong as bad as I did the Dallas game. Cause it's going to be 72 degrees. It's going to be a nice warm night in uh, Santa Clara. Uh, stays low about like 67. That'll be like the fourth quarter. It'll be windy, though. It'll be like 13 miles per hour. So oh. if you're going to the game, one, have fun, two, just, just bring a jacket. I'll say bring a jacket. That's what I'm going to do. Bring a light jacket. I wish. It's freaking brutal down here in Florida. Danny, <laughs> do you have trivia for us this week? I do. I'm just keeping it simple this week because I know the last few weeks I've been doing like specific games. But this week, I, I wanted to see who has the most rushing yards in a single game against the 49ers. All time, one game, single rushing yards. And I will let you know. It is a player from modern day. I'm not going back to 1954 or whatever. It is a modern day player. Justin, I'm going to answer this first. Or no, I want you to answer this first. Sorry, because I have a I have my answer. So I want you to go first. Oh, five. Like that was a game that we just kicked ass. Um, I'll say I'll say Tiki Barber. I'm going to throw a curveball in here, and I I'm hoping this is it. Just so Justin didn't get it right. Was this the Orleans Dark had a big game versus the 49ers? Oh, this that is year. it. 
was it was it Darkwa or was it one of those one of those other years? It was unfortunately not Orleans Darkwa. Neither Tiki Barber. We split so many. We split so many carries between Jacobs and Bradshaw and all them. At least according to what I'm looking at here on Pro Football Reference, it was our guy Ahmad Bradshaw. He had 116 yards in the 2012 game against the. That's, I knew. I knew we ran all over them that game. In which we won 26 to three. So maybe we'll get another 26 to three game. I ain't saying. I ain't saying. That was a, that was an awesome game where we just came back, beat them in the state championship, and then kicked their ass the next year. Mm. Um, okay, all right. So time for our fantasy draft, where we draft players from the Giants team and the opponent to get some matchup talk and some competition. Justin will be picking first. He's had a good outing last week with forty five points. He is in second place. I will be picking second, but I'm in first. I had a sixty three point outing in week two. I've got a thirty nine point lead over Justin. Only two weeks into the season, and you're in last 51 points back after a 33-point outing. So not a bad outing from either of you guys. I just had a, a great outing because I find, I kept on taking Hyatt, and it paid off. Uh, Justin, you have the first pick this week. Who are you going with? I'm going with uh, Christian McCaffrey. I think he scored a touchdown in like 11 consecutive games. Um, I hope it's not 12, but hey, it's likely to be 12. Yeah, I mean that's that's a very easy choice. Obviously, um, I'm actually looking at records. Last year, my high was six. The high score was six. Oh, I was I was a half a point off of last year's. Uh, oh season no! Um, I'm going to Brandon Ayuk. I mean, he's been really productive for them. Obviously, there's nobody on the Giants' offense that's like a clear cut should have a big game. Waller, obviously, but I'm going to go Brandon Ayuk. Especially if they got him, if they got like. If they're gonna get him on banks and Hawkins, yeah, yeah, you know, <laughs> I I was trying to. Well, first I'm gonna go Debo Samuel. T- Debo Samuel, give him to me. Uh, and I was and I was thinking, this is sad. We're all 49ers first round. And I was thinking, do I want to take a Giant here? Take a guy that's probably gonna see the most volume of any Giants player this week. But I won't because I don't believe Daniel Jones will have any time in the pocket. Basically, I think uh, so. I'm taking George Kittle. I'm taking George Kittle. <sighs> I am not letting George Kittle slip by me. Uh, I'm just going to take two dominant players and just – well, I hope the Giants defense stops them. Don't get me wrong. I just – Giants defense still doesn't look like the best right now, though. They're still trying to find their groove. And the tight ends killed the Giants last week. Um, even their corners. Like, Trey McBride was, like, cooking Deontay Banks. Um all right, so I get the Giants' number one pick with my first pick or my second pick in the fifth round. I'm going Darren Waller. Woo. He had three catches for over 100 yards and a touchdown versus the 49ers last uh, last year. Now it's coming back off the injury. He's the Giants' best player by far. Um, and he's, by the way, I didn't realize this because he had the week one game. There's only 36 yards. He's leading the NFL in tight end receiving yards. Number oh, one. Wow. Number one. Darren And you still don't Darren. feel like he's like hit his stride. You know yeah, literally. <laughs> Well, it's because Hyatt had like the Hyatt and the big plays kind of popped off. And then Waller was just kind of efficient with like 9, 10, 12, 15, and then the 125 yarder. Justin, you have back to back picks. Yeah, I'll go. Um, and I'm taking a giant first just so it shows up a little bit better. I'll go Jalen Hyatt. Um, hey, you know, there's a lot of talk. Let's get 13 more involved. Let's get him out there for more snaps. Uh, this is a risky pick because he may not get the big play with the 49ers really trying to target him, and they may force the Giants to throw underneath. But if it does hit, why not, right? Why not? And then I will be going uh, with Debo Samuel. 
Uh, the Giants defense. That's uh, weird. Dan took him. I, I uh, took Debo. So. Oh wow! Look at that. Just not possible. Um, not possible. Um, Jalen Hyatt go. He going from the 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 um the twelfth pick to the sixth pick. Um, Upgrade. Do I want to go with Giants? I mean, I feel like I have to go a Giant here. Well, you really I, mean, I could, I could go Elijah Mitchell. Give, give me Matt Breida as the starting Giants running back. <laughs> Matt oh, Breida off the board. Investing in my Giants players. There All right, go. this is go Giants. I'm going to take Isaiah Hodgins because I do think he is. I, I'm not even. I'm going to take Isaiah Hodgins because I think because they're working a quick game. This is this is going to be a lot of. There's going to be some volume for Hodgins, so I'm going to go Isaiah Hodgins. Um, and I'm hoping I can get. Anyways, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna give too much, but I'm really hoping I can get somebody with my last pick. Danny, you have back-to-back picks. So I'm gonna take a giant because I am indeed a Giants fan. I'm gonna take Darius Slade in here. Yeah. Okay. Gonna take Darius Slade, and then I'm looking at like the rest of the 49ers, and I and I truly can't figure out who I want to go with. So I'm gonna take a probably a dumb decision. I'm gonna take another giant here, and. Oh, don't do it. You know, I'm definitely not the guy Bobby wants. I feel like I'm just going to take Isaiah Hodgins. So just give I just took – what is wrong with you guys? Oh, Bobby, I took Isaiah Paris Hodgins. Campbell, Paris Campbell, Paris Campbell. I meant Paris Campbell. I was looking at Hodges on my list, and then I saw Paris Campbell right under him. To be fair, Danny, I didn't hear Bobby take Isaiah Hodgins. I – I'm sick. Like I, I said, what's wrong with both of you guys? Not I didn't. I'm sick. Danny. That's what's wrong with me. I have a fever. I'm just, I'm a, I don't know. I'm going to explain in a little bit why I wanted Paris Campbell, but what I'm going to do here is I'm going to get a little weird. Giant factor. <laughs> this is a game where Yak is going to be important. Oh, I'm going to take Wondell Robinson, and if he doesn't play, I'll, I'll tra- if he doesn't play, I'll trade him. Wow. Um, but I'll I am, say this I am going to go. I am going to go Wandale Robinson uh, with my last pick. Justin, what's your last pick? I have one pick or two picks left. This is your last pick. This is my last pick. Um, I will take Jawan Jennings. Ugh. That's the smart pick. He can get some big plays every now and then. I really, it's funny. We, I, I liked him. We, uh, he was coming out of Tennessee. He's had a nice little NFL career so far. All right, so to recap, Justin, who's in second place, has Christian McCaffrey, Jalen Hyatt, Matt Breida, and Juwan Jennings. Me, who's in first, Brandon Ayuk, Darren Waller, Isaiah Hodgins, and Wandale Robinson. And then Danny has Debo Samuel, George Kittle, Darius Slayton, and Paris Campbell. It's time for Giant Factors. Justin, who is your week three Giant Factor? Bobby, can we talk about something first? No. No? We have two ads, right? We have three. Didn't say that on Monday. Let's talk about something. Miracle made, Bobby Skinner, Danny King. Did you know that your temperature at night can have one of the greatest impacts on your sleep quality? Oh, I did not. Oh, wow. Well, guess what? Inspired by NASA, Miracle Made uses silver-infused fabrics and makes temperature-regulating bedding so you can sleep at the perfect temperature all night long. One of the best sheets ever. Gave my mother these sheets. It's like, here, here's the gift to you from me to you even though i got them for free because miracle made sent us some because they're very nice but uh, here's a gift for you and she's like i love them i never want to change my sheets ever again because they're self-cleaning and they're designed for your skin these sheets are infused with silver that prevent up to 99.7 percent of bacterial growth which can clog your pores allowing them to stay cleaner and fresher three times longer than other sheets there's also luxurious comfort and quality miracle sheets are luxurious 
luxuriously comfortable without the high price tag of other luxury brands. Go to TryMiracle.com slash Giants to try Miracle-made sheets today. And whether you're buying them for yourself or as a good for a loved one, if you order today, you could save over 40%. If you use our promo code GIANTS at checkout, you'll get three free towels and save an extra 20%. Miracle is so confident in their product, it's backed with a 30-day money-back guarantee. So if you aren't 100% satisfied, you'll get a full refund. Upgrade your sleep with Miracle-made. Go to TryMiracle.com slash Giants. Use the code GIANTS, claim your free three-piece towel set, and save over 40%. Again, that's trymiracle.com slash GIANTS to treat yourself. Thank you to Miracle Made for sponsoring this episode. Danny King, you'll be glad you did. And Bobby Skinner. Justin, your week three giant factor. My week three giant factor. Hmm. Josh Azudu. I mentioned this in the post-game recap last week and I asked like hey is there a world where Andrew Thomas comes back and Josh Azudu plays somewhat well enough at left tackle where we can start having a conversation of should Josh Azudu stay at tackle and nipping at the heels of Evan Neal moving to right tackle I don't I'm not rooting for the seventh overall pick of the 2022 draft to fail but man Right tackle not looking too hot. If Josh Azuda can put together a second game against a much better opponent where we're looking at him saying he's not a disaster, his feet look good, he's getting out there, and he's getting out there in his sets. Uh, Josh Azuda, you're my giant factor. Go out there, have another solid game, and start to turn the narrative around on who you are as a draft pick, and maybe let's start to have a conversation on if you deserve to be the right tackle. My giant factor for week three is someone who was signed in the offseason, hasn't had, you know, this big impact. He's been out of, he's been like their fifth receiver uh, essentially on this team. And I'm going Paris Campbell. Wandale Robinson, he's he's ramping up, ready to go. This guy they drafted in the second, you know, second round. He's getting, he's wanting to play. He had 100 yards in his last game played for the New York Giants. This game versus the 49ers, like I said, they sit back in their zones. They give some stuff up underneath. They give up the quick game versus zone coverage. That's what you do well, Paris Campbell. But they also, what they do is give up yak. And that was that is what we expected to be the improvement over Richie James for Paris Campbell. Not just catching those, you know, the slot passes that happen in this offense and being a part of the system, but adding to that and adding the yak to that. Now he's added a deep element where, even though he hasn't given credit for it, where He's been respected by some safeties and created plays for other guys. But be the guy who catches the quick game stuff, but also gets the yak afterwards. And obviously with Saquon out, maybe you'll get a you know a couple of looks in the backfield uh, here or there. But you're known as a yak guy, Paris Campbell. This is a defense. If there's any weakness, it's the quick game and giving up yak. So Paris Campbell, you are my week three giant factor. Danny. Uh, you guys talked about earlier in, in the show about how the Giants need to generate a pass rush because they have barely any pressure. And this guy's been in, uh, talked about a lot this week. They're saying it's his head not with the Giants right now. It's his head even in the game. I'm going Kayvon Thibodeau. Uh, like look, like we said, I would deal seven for our pick. Uh, Kayvon Thibodeau, you have proven yourself to be a quality pass rusher. Where have you been these past few weeks? I, I, I ain't giving up on you. That's not what I'm saying. But like, go out there and do something this week. Show these people that your mind is still with the New York Giants. So while you're just sitting on your bench, you were just having your moment to try and collect yourself before going out there for a big drive. Came on, we need a pass rush this week because if we don't generate anything, it is going to be a long, long, long Thursday night game. 
I want to have feelings that our defense can keep us in this game because that's the only way we do win this game. So, Kayvon, I could have tapped anyone, but I'm tapping you because you're still the future of this team no matter what at the end of the day. So, Kayvon, you're my giant factor. I want to I want to say something, you know, because this was a topic on Twitter this week. I don't mind him sitting on the bench because, hey, if you want to eat, you got to get locked in in whatever way you want. But Leonard Williams did this a couple years ago, and then he even said like this week where, oh, we're fans, fans were booing us. And that just remind when we were down and that just reminds me that the only people that matter are the people in this room. Yeah, bro. You were getting out scored like 70 to nothing within the first six quarters of the year, 60 to nothing within the first six quarters of the year. What are you booing is the least harmful thing that a fan can do. And I just, I will never under, oh, they, we're, we're the only people that matter in this room. If you got to tell yourself that, great. But well, you, I don't getting, care that mindset, but the complaining about booing, it's like, okay, oh, come dude, on. This, this, this is like, the most dumbest thing in the world. You were getting outscored it's, 60 to nothing. At least, like, uh, like what was the Mets player that uh, did the, the thumbs down back? <laughs> Javi Baez. I love that. I love the energy for, like, hey, I don't give it, like, I, then you're not on our side, you're not on our side. But the oh why are our fan, why are our fans booing? I was like, dude, get over yourself. Um, and also, even if you, again, there's more to the story than just hey, Kayvon, where's the pass rush? Beast, you got you got to show up to be this media darling. You got to you got to show up and be consistently great. I don't care if you know Nick. Bo- okay, so Nick Bosa doesn't have any sacks this year, right? Mm-hmm. Everybody's still affecting the game a lot. Kayvon yeah. wasn't. And there's some stuff on film that he's done solid against the run game, but there's been some bad stuff too that's allowed big plays. So yeah. um Kayvon too, it'll be a giant factor. Yeah. All right, it's time it for does suck that it, it does suck that Brock Purdy gets rid of the ball very quick too. So Ooh, that'll that's not boating well for Kayvon Thibodeau's impact on the game. Dominate the guy in front of you. I don't care if the ball's out or not. Dominate the guy in front also, of you. Also, just want to make it clear, last giant factor I picked, he got benched. So I'm really hoping Kayvon does not get benched. You're on fire this year. What did you pick? Did, who did you pick? Evan Neal week one? Evan Neal week one. Mark Lewinsky week two got benched. Uh, Kayvon Thibodeau, what's he going to do this week? You're on fire. <laughs> Nothing will ever beat. Me picking Janoris Jenkins oh, no, that was less than 12 hours before he was released from the team. I think, Danny, you picked Golden Tate uh, the day before he got suspended, the Joe Judge <laughs> self-imposed suspension. Uh, um, classic. I'm sure there's been some other funny ones. Um, all right, it's time for spread picks. Uh, the listeners, man, they're doing well. They were the only one of us that didn't go – Two and six last week. Me, you, and uh, Justin all went two and six. So Justin's in the last of six and ten. I'm seven and nine. Danny, you're eight and eight. The listeners are eleven and five after going four and four. Um, but first, Danny, who are spread picks brought to us by? Uh, they're brought to you by our friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook. Because, guys, I'm not sure if you're aware, but things are heating up in the ballpark. Every team is playing to finish the season strong and make make it to the playoffs. With DraftKings Sportsbook, you won't miss a moment of the baseball action. New customers can score $200 instantly in bonus bets for betting just $5 on baseball. Plus, all customers could take a crack at a sweet payday with DraftKings same-game parlay. Shrink together multiple bets from a single game for your shot at a major payout. My advice, don't bet on the Mets. They're awful this year. That's just that's my baseball advice for you. So what I need you to do, though, is to go download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use World. New customers can score $200 instantly in bonus bet for betting just $5 on baseball. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code WORLD. The crown is yours. And now the fun part. Gambling problem. Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY to 467-369. 
in Connecticut. Help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, licensee partner Golden Nugget Lake Charles, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. CDKNG.co.com slash baseball fragility turns and responsible gambling resources. Bone bets expire seven days after issuance. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. You'll be glad you did. Danny, the chat is asking why you didn't comb your hair. I was going to ask you the same thing. Uh, well, because I got back from the gym just before this. And so, and, and you also look. So you were at the gym like that? No, 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 no. It, it was done, but I, I I don't know. I did like this. And also, hear me out. Last time I gelled the hair, Giants lost 40 nothing. I didn't do the hair last week. They won. Superstition. Superstition. Thank you, Julian. At least, so, at least someone appreciates the hair in this chat. Okay, spread picks. First game, we got Bills at Commanders plus six and a half. The listeners are going Bills minus six and a half. They're represented by Stephen Pannone, one of our Patreon members. This is my pick in the against the spread pick this uh, league this week. I'm going Bills minus six and a half. The Commanders are like, they're not good, right? Like, I didn't really watch much of that Denver game, but there was nothing inspiring against their game against the Commanders or against the, the Cardinals. I'm going Bills minus six and a half. I think they win this game pretty easily, and the Bills kind of remind people, like, hey, we are still a pretty damn good team. Danny, who are you going? I'm going to go against the grain because I'm trying to be different. You know, I'm going to go the Commanders plus six and a half. Now, I know, obviously, uh, they gave up Hail Mary to end the game last week. Not, not Nothing, you know, great. But I think the Commanders could be, could just give the Bills a run for their money this week. I mean, the Commanders got nothing to lose this uh, this season, basically. It's all for fun because they have a new owner that has a lot of money, and I love money. Justin, who do you got? Both teams money. have new owners. I guess the Broncos oh, aren't do. that new, but they're yeah. kind of new. This is a tough one, man, because Commanders are 2-0. First time since 2011. They scored 30 points for the first time since 2020 against the Broncos last week. I thought Eric Bieniemy had a really good game plan and kind of taking care of Sam Howell with selective shots now and then. Sam Howell does take a lot of sacks, and he's not very good with feeling pressure. And the Bills did look really good against the Raiders, even after allowing an opening score. I, I'm going to go Bills minus six and a half. I, want, I, was th- I was thinking the commanders might cover, but Bills are just so much better. Falcons at Lions minus three and a half. This is a tough one because I love the Falcons, um, but the Lions are probably the better team, and the Falcons are still playing Desmond Ritter, who might be the worst starting quarterback in the NFL right now. Um, that being said, I just love that Falcons run game. Detroit's interior defense uh, defensive line is really rough, uh, and I think the Falcons are are they're going to at least keep this within three. I'm going Falcons plus three and a half. The listeners are disagreeing with me. They're going Lions. Uh, which one do you have for this one, Justin? I have Linus, Lions minus three and a half. Uh, Falcons are a team that I do like, but I just don't think they match up well against the Lions because the Lions can put up a lot of points in a hurry, and the Falcons do not put up a lot of points in a hurry where they're kind of like a slow, methodical team that's going to eat away at you. So I'm going to go Lions minus three and a half. Daniel. Falcons being 2-0 is just so funny to me. I don't know what it is. Uh, same round. 
Is he going to play this? I love him and hate their quarterback. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Their quarterback is pretty bad. Is St. Brown going to play this week? I don't know. I don't think that really affects it for the Lions, though. I mean, obviously, best. I'm not saying he doesn't affect their game plan, but I think they're just outright better than the Falcons at this point. I think this is a uh, not, not even a bounce back game for the Lions because they played a close game last week in Seattle. But this is a game they should win with ease if they really are contenders in the North. All right, Patriots at Jets plus three. What do you have in this one, Danny? I don't care how bad the Patriots look right now. They own the Jets. They legally have rights over the Jets, more so than Woody Johnson. So I'm taking the Patriots here to cover and beat the Jets. I will never not take the Patriots over a Zach Wilson-led offense. Bill Belichick is – I mean, this was this was the game that led to the downfall of Zach Wilson, essentially. Bill Belichick is going to have this man in hell. And this Jets team, by the way, I was talking with someone about it. I'm like, they're all behind Zach Wilson now. Watch how quickly this immature locker room flips. And it's already happening. People oh my yeah. on Twitter. Saw Skowner crying because people on Twitter were mean. Like, Patriots minus three. Uh, the listeners disagree. Justin, are you going with us or with the listeners? Yeah, I'm going with place? all of you. I'm going with all of you. I mean, I, you know, one week where they're, you know, one and oh, and, you know, signature win against the Bills and then, Losing to a very good Dallas team, and you already have Brees Hall saying that he's not getting enough touches. Like The what, reason they one, lost is because he didn't get enough touches. One game, and it's already falling apart. I, um, I was talking about it with Rose. I was talking about it with Rose, and they're like, I was like, I was like, all sounds good now. I was like, what happens in uh, what happens after these next three games? And oh, it's already happening. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't care how bad the Patriots offense is, I will never pick a Zach Wilson team versus the first Bill Belichick. Uh, Saints at Packers minus two and a half, which is like the – you got a 2-0 and team versus a 101 team, and it's like how good is each team? Uh, what do you got in this one, Justin? Derek Carr inside the red zone is not very fun, um, and I think that's going to really prohibit like where this team can go. Like I think the Saints could be a team that could maybe even easily win the NFC South, but if they're not turning – you know, if they're not turning red zone opportunities into touchdowns, you know, that's going to limit them. Packers, Christian Watson and Aaron Jones playing or being out like really does influence my decision here. I do think both of them will be back. Hopefully Packers minus two and a half. They're home. So Packers minus two and a half. Yeah, I agree. Uh, the Saints are probably the a two and O team that I just hate. Like watching them play versus the Titans and even a little versus the Panthers. And it was just like, this is hard to watch. And they've got good receivers like Thomas is back, Chris Olave. And it's just, they just, nothing looks good with them. The Packers, they have some of their own issues, but I think they're doing a good job with Jordan Love, but they're not asking him to do much. And they're putting him in good spots. So I'm going Packers. The listeners are going Packers. Danny, you going with us or against everyone? Uh, I'll be going Packers because the Packers are 2 0 against the spread this year. I mean, hopefully Jordan Love does not, uh, fall under center like he did last week against the Falcons but yeah I mean they haven't looked bad quite frankly and I think this is another winnable game for them especially with uh Matt LaFleur calling plays because I still like him as a coordinator not a coordinator a head coach very much Titans at Browns minus three this is an ugly game the it's crazy how bad the Browns have looked but they're off at least offensively but I love what they're doing defensively like I love what the Browns are doing defensively Titans bounce back versus the Chargers last week but it's like I just can't pick the Browns to beat any team by more than three points, um, even though they have already. So I'm just going to go Titans plus three. 
Like I have I, Mike Vrabel's got a good. He's a. It's a well coached team. The Titans kind of do this, right? Like last year, they lost Week One. This is bad, and they kind of just find a way to win, and they find their groove. And so I, Tannehill looked a lot better after Week One. Where Tannehill looked shot Week One, but I'm going to go Titans plus three. Danny. I'm going Titans as well. Uh, Browns lost Nick Chubb, pretty big part of their offense. That uh, weirdo at quarterback still doesn't seem like he's got it right he now. He's, still, he's he's trying to figure out what he had in Houston. I guess he lost it. Maybe sitting out of here wasn't the brightest idea. But, uh, yeah, Titans will win this game. After Yeah, Titans. Listeners are going Browns, though. Justin, who are you going? Titans, gritty team, well-coached team. Um you know, and if if that if that offense looks like what they did in week two, granted against a bad Chargers defense, but if they look like what they did in week two, they're gonna they're gonna win this game. They're probably gonna win it soundly too. Chargers at Vikings minus one, two zero oh. two teams. I pick them. I'm I'm going with the Chargers. The, the at least both both offenses have looked fairly good, even though. But Cousins Kirk has had some bad decisions, like that. You know, got picked off by Chris Izine. Christian Izine, both these teams, man, I just don't love what's going on with them. And Brandon Staley's starting to lose a little, but the Chargers' offense has been good. And I'm just going to take Justin Herbert and a, and a pick him, and I'm going to have the Vikings falling to zero and three. The listeners agree with me. Danny, do you agree with me and the listeners? Oh, the dreaded zero and three game, gotta love it. I'm also going the Chargers. The Giants broke the Vikings. I love it. That'll be the one thing I'll take away. Uh, no matter what happens this season. Hey, so you wait. What did you take? I was kind of Chargers. Chargers. Actually, I don't need to type it. We don't. We're recording a podcast, so we're not answering super chat. Sorry, guys. Um, DM me or something. Um, so you got Chargers, Justin? What do you have? These are two teams that try and give the game away every single week. So this will be fun to see how many times this game goes back and forth due to dumb shit. Um, I am going to take the Vikings, though. They're the they're the home team, um, and I I think the Vi- Vikings at least have. I don't know. I, Vikings, I feel like, are the more battle tested team in one score games than the Chargers. So that's my reasoning. All right, next game: Steelers at Raiders minus two and a half. The Steelers, I don't. I just don't love the uh, – I don't love either of these teams, but I, I, I like the Steelers' town a little more defensively. I'm going to go Steelers plus two and a half. Listeners agree with me. Justin, what do you got? Steelers. Danny. I just remember this is a Sunday night game. Now my Sunday night's ruined. I know. Why um, was ew. this ever made a Sunday night game? Uh, the ew. history. The history. The, all that. I don't know. It's disgusting. The rivalry. Um, the rivalry. Uh, the I'm 80s. They, they played this game last year in like December, and it was horrible. Oh, horrible. yeah. This was in uh, Hayward's little brother had that speed sweep to win the yeah. game. Yeah. I'm going to take the Steelers. Um, I mean, Mike Tomlin will turn it around eventually there with the Steelers to get above five to finish the season 500. And the Raiders, I don't know. I've, I've barely seen any Raiders games this year, so I could even So you tell pick you. Steelers? Yeah, yeah. All right, last game, Rams at Bengals minus two and a half. The listeners are going Bengals minus two and a half. Danny, who are you going? Games like so, like, 
it depends if Joe Burrow plays. If Joe Burrow plays, the Bengals win this game and they'll cover all that. If they if he doesn't, then it's a totally different ball game. I'm gonna assume he plays for my fantasy team's sake. I also hope he plays, and I will be taking the Bengals. I disagree with you. I don't think it matters if Joe Burrow plays. I think the Rams are back. Stafford looks good. Oh no, he looks really, really good. Pukunakua is just like a top receiver already. Like I don't, I don't know how that happened. I'm going Rams plus two and a half. They're back. Oh, Justin, who do you got? Who did listeners go with? Bengals. I'm going with the Rams too. Oh. It's like I, I don't, I don't necessarily know like what talent they have, but the line has been like okay. I mean, obviously they have Aaron Donald, but man, like I, the whole reasoning for why the Rams weren't going to be good is because Stafford not really fully being. I mean, all three, all three of the major faces for the Rams. Sean McVay, Matt Stafford, and Aaron Donald, like really contemplated, I'm pretty sure, like like retiring and not even being in football. Yet they're here and they're playing really well. So ranks. But I think we forgot how good Sean McVay of a coach yeah. is because he had one down year. Like, let's not yeah. forget how the That's true. remember the Rams, how bad they were in his first year. All of a sudden, the Rams, like we, I think we kind of forgot. And then Stafford was hurt and the elbow, so it wasn't having the same arm talent. And Stafford's already a little reckless anyway, so it was just a bad mix with guys getting injured, and if there was any team that had a Super Bowl hangover, it was the Rams, oh. where it just felt like they were kind of fat and happy, um, and I don't think that's the case anymore. Kyron Willard Our, also been fun for them. So yeah, I'm, I'm enjoying and he dropped, him. He, dropped an, uh, he popped up a pass for an interception. That's, that's just how you kill the vibe right there. That's just how, how it yeah. goes. Saquon did it, so he's basically Saquon Barkley. That's what you just said to me. Wow. <laughs> All right, Danny, what is your score prediction for Thursday Night Football? Giants at 49ers. Uh, they're going to lose, uh, quite frankly. I mean, 49ers probably got to drop 30 points on us. We'll probably lose like 30 to like 13. But what I'm just really looking for is see how, how do the Giants just deal with this adversity? Like, obviously, you you don't have Andrew Thomas. You don't have Saquon Barkley. Like, I just want to see a fight from this team because, like, it just it will give me at least hope that, like, this team can handle adversity for the rest of the season. If they can't handle adversity, then you're just not going to make it far in this league. So I just want to see some fight from the Giants, and I just want to have a reason to believe, at least in the beginning of the game, that we can win. So 49ers win 30-13. to Justin, what is your score prediction? Giants lose 34-17, to but it'd be really cool if we didn't. All right. Don't do I, don't, I don't feel good about this game. Oh, is it back? Don't do it. And I wrote it down. Uh-oh. I wrote it down, but I just can't bring myself to do it coming off of a win. I can't, I can't do it coming off of a win. It's got to be like all hope is lost for the season, and I sure as hell has not lost any damn hope for this season. I still got hope for this Giants team to win the playoffs, so I can't do it. I'm going Giants 77, 49ers 0. We appreciate you guys. Been a fun week of content. Come uh, hang out with us tomorrow after the game. Let's celebrate together. Hopefully we get a Giants victory. Hey, we have never won a Thursday night football game and talking Giants history. Let's make history. And if we do win this game, if we somehow pull out this win. Holy Giants shit. fans, let's take the biggest victory lap of all time because it'll feel good. It's going to be tough. It's going to be tough. But it's football and it's any given Thursday. We appreciate you guys. We will see you after the game. Until then, let's go big. Blue.